Well, Christmas is all about Jesus, and we have spent this month just talking about Jesus here at Calvary, and so it makes sense that on this Christmas day, the birthday of Jesus, let's just spend a few moments in our worship time together just thinking about Jesus. We've been in Philippians chapter 2, haven't we? And even over this weekend in the Christmas Eve services, we read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. And I want to just take a little time on this Sunday morning just to make sure we understand, just to dive into this verse, because I think it's the perfect passage for us to finish our study on on Christmas Day. We've been learning about Jesus, and, and if you've been with us here throughout the month, and I know we got a lot of people visiting, a lot of people who are just in town, we've, we've looked at one of the passages in the Bible that is just one of those clear, powerful, foundational passages for understanding who Jesus is. Because what makes this day so special is because of who he is and what he came to do. And so in Philippians chapter 2, 6 to 11, uh, Paul's writing this letter and he's talking about Jesus. We've read these verses a number of times. And what I said during the month of December is I wanted you to know four things about Jesus. Now, most of you, you know, maybe, maybe you already knew these things, but I wanted to... And I wanted you to really be certain about these four things. I wanted you to understand why you believed what you did. And maybe others are just learning about Jesus. Why is this such a big deal? Why, why, you know, why, why does Jesus change everything? Well, there are four facts, four Bible truths about Jesus. And we, we've seen them all. We've walked through them during this month of December. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 11. Truth number one, Jesus is God. <laughs> Jesus is divine. Did you see it in verse 6? When we looked at it a few weeks ago, it's in verse 6. If your Bible is open, speaking of Jesus, he was in the form of God. Did not count equality with God as something he had to hold on to. He didn't have to grasp it. He had it. He was, is, and always has been God. What we celebrate on Christmas Day is that the divine creator entered our world. Jesus is not just another ordinary person. He is God, divine, become man. He is God. And then we said, the second truth about Jesus you have to understand is that Jesus became man. He is a God. He's God, the God who became man. Did you see it in verse 7? It says, but he emptied himself and took the form of a servant and was born in the likeness of man. So Jesus, who always has been, is, forever will be, equal with God the Father, on Christmas Day, became a man. He, he, his natural form is God. His unnatural form is to take on human flesh, to become a man. That's what he did. That's what we celebrate on Christmas Day. Jesus was God. Jesus became man. Then last week, we learned a third thing. Jesus is the Savior. Do you see it there in verse 8? Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We learned that Jesus became a man so that he could die for us, so that he could take our sins and our guilt and go to the cross. That, that's what the angels shared to the shepherds watching their flock at night. We said it last week. It's what they said 2,000 years ago. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Let me tell you something, church. You needed a Savior. That's what you needed. 
You didn't just need a teacher. You didn't just need a pastor. You just you don't you didn't just need a president. You don't just need a, a military commander. You know, all those things have their place. But what you needed more than anything is a savior. And that's what Jesus came to be, is your savior. Your savior. So we learned all three of those things. Now here's the last one I want to give you on Christmas Day. Jesus is God. Jesus became man. Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the Lord of all. Jesus is the Lord of all. And in verses 9, 10, and 11, I read them last night, but look at them carefully with me this morning. Jesus is now exalted as Lord. And the reason we gather on Christmas Day is because we believe and confess Jesus is Lord. What a beautiful passage to read on Christmas Day. Therefore, verse 9 says, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess, this is the good part, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why we celebrate on Christmas Day. Because his name is above every name. And every knee should bow and every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is the Lord. So we come today because we believe that Jesus is the Lord. Two things I just want you to see. We're brief this morning. It's Christmas Day. But I want you to see these two things that I think are found in verses 9 through 11 that are important for us to do on this Christmas. Number one, we need to recognize the Lordship of Christ. We need to recognize the Lordship of Christ. Our prayer is there would be no doubt, there would be no confusion, there would be no ambivalence, there would be no uncertainty, but that you would recognize that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Look at what these verses say. Look at them carefully with me. God has highly exalted him. I spoke about it in the Christmas Eve services, if you were here. How has God exalted Jesus? How has God exalted him? God has exalted him when he raised him from the dead. God exalted him when he ascended him in, into heaven. God has exalted him. But now notice what it says he does next. God has exalted him and given him a name above every name. Now, let's just do a little Bible thinking this morning. You can think on Christmas Day, can't you? This is, this is a rich passage. So just, what is the name above every name? Now, you're going to say Jesus, and you'd be right because the next, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. But he already had the name Jesus. So what is the name above every name. Actually, scholars spend a lot of time debating that, that God has given him a name above every name. I wouldn't fault you. I wouldn't dispute you if you answer, well, the name Jesus. Jesus is the name above every name. You can't go wrong with that. His is the name above every name. But you know what? Most Bible scholars actually believe what Paul is referring to there is, is actually the title of Lord. When he says, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess, look at verse 11, that Jesus Christ is Lord. In other words, Paul may be saying that what God has done in exalting Jesus is he has raised him from the dead. He ascended him into heaven so that Jesus is 
Lord. That is the name, that is the title, that is the descriptor that is above every name. You don't get higher than that. The name of God to the Old Testament Jews was, as many of you know, simply a verb which means to be, to exist. It was written with four Hebrew letters that aren't even really able to be translated. The Jews didn't say them. So in our Bibles, the capital, if you ever look in an English Bible and see capital L-O-R-D in caps, that's because it's that Hebrew name for God. We try, sometimes Yahweh is used. Some have used Jehovah as an attempt to pronounce it. Jews wouldn't even say it. That's why we don't know how they said it. But probably it was something like Yahweh. It's translated in English, the Lord. It's not an accident, though, that the Greek title, Lord, is used of Jesus. In other words, maybe what Paul is saying here is that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, in the ascension of Jesus Christ, and by the way, I would add a third thing, in the proclamation of Jesus, God has exalted him not just by raising him from the dead, not just by ascending him into heaven, but also by commissioning the body of Christ, that's us, His preachers, that's not just me, that's you when you share the message to tell people that Jesus is Lord. So how do you know Jesus is Lord? God raised him from the dead. God ascended him on to high where he reigns. And preachers have been going out ever since to tell you that Jesus is Lord. So God has exalted him. And the name that is above every name is the name that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is divine, that Jesus is the one who is to be praised, who is to be worshiped, who is to be revered. That's the name above every name, the Lord Jesus, that Jesus is Lord. That's the name that's above every name. Now, here's an interesting thing. When you look at this passage in Philippians, it talks about every knee bowing, every tongue confessing. Did you know it's actually in the Old Testament? I saw that this week. You know, there's just stuff you learn in the Bible every week. In Isaiah chapter 45, and I wish I had time to just read the whole chapter to you. It's a fascinating chapter. Go back and read it sometime. Because it's a chapter in which God speaking through the prophet Isaiah is actually uh, ridiculing people who worship false gods and idols. And, um, you know, you like, how could you worship a god of wood? How could you worship a god of stone? You know, I'm the one true living God. And then it comes down to Isaiah 45, verse 22. Look at this. And God is speaking through the prophet. This is what he says. For I am God, and there is no other. And then look at what he says. Every knee will bow to me. Every tongue will swear allegiance. There buried in the Old Testament, the living God says, there's no other God. There's only one God. There's only one creator. And you can worship a God of stone and wood and whatever it is you want to. Now, we don't worship gods of stone and wood, but we worship money and we worship pleasure and we worship all kinds of things. But God, the living God, says there is no other God. I'm the only God. I'm the creator living God. And because of that, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess, I am God. Now, you come to the New Testament and here's Paul writing that this is what God has done. He's raised Jesus from the dead. He has ascended him into heaven. He has commissioned his church to go forth and share throughout the world that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then he says, so that every knee would bow at the name of what? Jesus. And every tongue should confess the name, what name? Jesus. That Jesus 
is Lord. When Paul writes here that his is the name above every name, he is saying that God has exalted Jesus to the highest place. And he deserves our praise. And he deserves our worship. You want to know why this is a great day? Because we believe Jesus is Lord. As I've said it a bunch, not just a prophet, not just a teacher, not just a whatever. He's the Lord. That's why every knee should bow. And that's why every tongue should confess. And so my prayer for you on Christmas Day is, number one, that we ever, that you, all of us, recognize the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You just recognize who he is. Now, here's the second thing. We respond to the Lordship of Jesus. Because if Jesus is the Lord, if he is God become man to show us who God really is, then you have to respond. And you, got, you can't just go, well, that's interesting. Let's go home and have turkey. I mean, if Jesus is Lord, you, you got to do something about it. You got to respond. Because if you, if you don't respond, then you obviously really you either aren't convinced or, or you just don't quite get what we're saying. If Jesus is God, become man, become Savior, exalted as Lord, then you have to do something. And this is what he writes about us doing here. He says, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. I, I want you to think of just two things. Number one, why do we confess that Jesus is Lord? I I think about this a lot, um, it, you know, it, it, we had all these services the last two days and, and then, you know, this morning. And um, I know a lot of people come on Christmas and, and I'm glad you come. If, if like you're not even used to coming, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. But that, that means a lot of people come with questions. A lot of people come like, I'm, I'm not really sure about this whole thing. Because there are a lot of people at Christmas, right, you know, who um, like, I like Christmas and it's kind of cool and I like the songs and... and um, but I'm still not really sure about the Jesus is Lord stuff. You know, I, I, you know, I, I get it, but I mean, I'm, I'm really, you know, virgin birth, all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Why do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Why do you believe that Jesus is Lord? It's a fair question. I mean, if somebody were to ask you, and if you just said, well, the Bible says so, and they might say, well, I just don't believe the Bible. What, what, why do you believe Jesus is Lord? And, and just really quickly, I don't, you know, I could, we could spend a long time on these things. Let me just, let me tell you why I'm convinced. I wouldn't bet the farm, I'd bet my life. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't like to use a betting metaphor, but I'd, I'm, I'm, I'm gambling eternity on it. Not really gambling it, but I mean, I'm just, to me, he's the Lord. And let me tell you why I'm convinced. I'll tell you why I'm convinced. Number one, because of what he said. Because of what he said. He claimed to be the Lord. He claimed to be the Lord. His words say that he's Lord. You say, well, anybody can claim it. You're right. There are a lot of, how many of you have ever heard of a crazy person claiming to be God, right? You, you can go out. Anybody can claim it. But it means they're crazy. Right? I mean, if somebody walks around and tells you God, they're not a good person. They, they may be to be pitied because mentally they're, you know, driveway didn't go all the way to the street kind of deal. You know, I, I get that. But if a person claims to be God, you, you don't go around saying, what a wonderful person. That's a good moral example for us. No, that's a crazy person who needs to be in a hospital. Or, as C.S. Lewis observed, they're a liar. There's three options. They're either dishonest, they're crazy, or they're telling you the truth. Now, if somebody walks around and claims to be God, let me just help you with this. 99.999999% of the time, 
They are. Okay. But Jesus did claim it. So if you want to dismiss him as crazy or you want to dismiss him as a liar, you can do that. You just have to know that's what you're doing. John Piper says he's either God or he's Godless. Listen to these words of Jesus. He spoke to a crowd and he said, Verily I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. That's John 8, 58. He used the name of God and said, Before Abraham was born, I am. And they knew exactly what he was saying because the Bible says they wanted to kill him after that. In John 14, 9, Jesus spoke to Philip and said, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father said, Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen God. Listen to these words in John 10 and verse 30. Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And his Jewish opponents, just to show you, let me read this, just so you know that they knew what he was saying. His Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. So now you can dismiss Jesus as this crazy. You can dismiss him as a dishonest person. But you cannot say that he didn't claim to be God. And I don't think you can say he's just a good moral person. Because people who go around claiming to be God are not good moral people. They're either God or they're godless. I believe Jesus is Lord because he did claim it. That's not a Might be enough, but let me go on. The second is because of what he did, his actions. Jesus did things that only God would do. And I'm not even speaking here about when he flexed his muscles and did the miraculous. I'll, I'll mention that in a moment. I'm talking about things like forgiving sins. Do you remember in Mark chapter two, this story, Mark chapter two and verse five, the Bible says that when Jesus saw their faith, there were a bunch of people that lowered this paralyzed man through a roof where Jesus was teaching because they had faith that Jesus would heal them. And notice what the Bible says. It says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the teachers of the law, that's the religious crowd, were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins? But God alone. I mean, who goes around forgiving sins? You can't do that. I can't do that. Only God can do that. That's what Jesus did. I believe it because of what he said. I believe it because of what he did. I believe it because of his character. When you look at the life of Jesus, there is no sin. Even his detractors, even his opponents found no sin in him. In John 8, 46, when they were trying to kill him, he said, which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? None of them could convict him of sin. And in Luke 23, verse 4, when he was on trial, Pilate said to the chief priest and the crowd, I find no fault in this man. Even the detractors, even the unbelievers, even the people who reject the claims of Jesus Christ usually end up saying, yes, but he was a great man. He, he, nobody lived like he lived. Nobody had the courage. Nobody had the compassion. Nobody had the character like Jesus did. Jesus is without sin. You can't say that about anybody else, including any of us. Number four, I would say because of his miracles, because of the things he did. I mean, when you just think of the fact that he, 
He healed people, that he walked on water. My favorite is when he calmed the storm on the Sea of Galilee. And in Matthew 8, 27, the Bible says, the men marveled saying, what sort of man is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. (laughs) Why do I believe Jesus the Lord? Claimed to be. (laughs) He did things only God could do. He lived a perfect life. He did things that demonstrated powers that only God would have. But here's the big one. Why do I believe Jesus is Lord? Because he rose from the dead. Because he died and he came back. One preacher said, I believe that Jesus is Lord because his earliest followers weren't sure. (laughs) Not after he died, not after he was buried. They were like scattered. They were hiding. They weren't even sure what to do next. And then, and then, and then they saw him and they knew. And their lives were forever changed. And you really have no explanation. Think about this. You have no explanation for the church except the resurrection. How do you explain why thousands of Jews all of a sudden turned their back on, not really turned their back, but changed, altered centuries of practices and suddenly began worshiping Jesus? How do you explain that? Because they saw someone die and they saw him come back to life. I believe he is the Lord because he rose again from the dead. Paul would agree. He said, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. The empty tomb is a witness. The eyewitnesses are a witness. The changed lives for thousands of years. The fact is probably every one of you, even if you are a skeptic, even if you are an unbeliever, probably every one of you know of somebody who would say, I prayed to Jesus, I trusted in Jesus, and my life changed. And you got to account for that. Doesn't mean they're perfect, right? Doesn't mean they didn't make mistakes, right? But you still have to account. They were going this direction. They had an encounter with Jesus. They go in that direction. Now, how do you account for that? One way you account for that is he's alive. And if he's alive, he's the Lord of all. Why do we believe Jesus is Lord? Why do we believe it, that he was born of a virgin? Why? Because when you look at his life, he claimed to be God. He did things only God could do. He never sinned. He showed powers only God would have. And in the end, he triumphed over the grave, which is why we celebrate. It's why we celebrate on Christmas morning, because we believe that the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem is indeed the God who became a man. So how do we confess him as Lord? Well, it tells us right here. Every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. What does it mean if your knee bows? It means submission, doesn't it? It means surrender. Sometimes enemies would bow the knee and acknowledge. It usually means you're acknowledging someone else's authority. It means you know that someone else is in charge. If you bow the knee, it means, okay, that person's more important. And what the Bible is saying, there just has to come a point in your life, there just has to come a point in your life where you bend the knee. And I look, you can bend the knee and not mean it, but I mean to really bend the knee is to say, you know what? Jesus is Lord and I'm not. And so I bend the knee. 
I bend my life. I change my priorities. I change my schedule. I change the way I live. I bend the knee because, because to con- how, how do I confess to Jesus, Lord? I believe it. You bend the knee because deep in your heart, you, you believe that Jesus is Lord. And so there is a moment in which in your heart, if not physically, you bend the knee and you say, I hear and now acknowledge this. He is the Lord. I bend the knee and I confess with the tongue. That means I say it. This isn't a private matter. I say it. A confession is not something you do just in your heart. Confession is something you do out loud. You believe it in your heart. Confession is something you do to somebody else. You you confess it. You tell somebody else. He's the Lord. He's my Lord. What does it mean to confess him? It means I believe it in my heart, and it means... It means I do whatever I have to do to say it. That I believe that Jesus is Lord. So on Christmas Day, it just stands to reason. I would ask the question, wouldn't it? Have you ever bent your knee and said he is the Lord? Have you ever confessed with your mouth? Have you ever told somebody? Because sometimes that's, sometimes that's, means swallowing pride, doesn't it? Sometimes that means coming down off the high horse, (laughs) And it means saying, you know what I believe? I'm convinced. I believe that Jesus is Lord. It's Christmas Day. It's a great day. Go home and open some presents. Gather with family. But don't miss the miracle. You know what this is about? God loved you, sent his son, sent his son to die for your sin. He exalted his son and gave him a name above every name, that Jesus is Lord. Why? So that on a day like today, in a place just like this, you'd bend your knee and you'd confess with your tongue and you would say, you know what I believe? And I will say it, Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. He's the Lord of all. And this is what glorifies the Father. You know, it might be good if just every head is bowed and every eye is closed this morning. Just, I'd love to lead you in prayer. Have you ever bent your knee and confessed with your tongue? I've gone to church, I know that, right? You're here today. You, you, You might have said, hey, I believe in God. That, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But I'm asking a different thing. Have you ever bent your knee to acknowledge Jesus as Lord? And have you ever confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord? If not, hey, I know I say this every day, and it's true every day. I mean, if we were meeting, and this were March the 10th or something, it would be no day like today. But it's Christmas Day. Really, there's no day like today. Pastor told me of a friend he invited to church a couple years ago. The friend said to him, called him a 
week or so later and said, I don't have the words. I don't have the word. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't even have the vocabulary. And he said, what? Well, just try to say it. He said, I don't, I don't have the vocabulary. He said, well, what, what is it you want to say? He said, I was just sitting there. I was just sitting there at the Christmas Eve service, and it hit me. It just hit me. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a religious guy. It hit me. He said, what hit you? He said, that there is a God. It's true. Maybe you're sitting here and you just go, hey, I, I don't really have the words. This is way, way out of my comfort zone. But you know what? I, I believe it's true. You know what? You can bend the knee. You could do it right here. In your heart, would you bend the knee and say, Jesus? You could say it in your heart, Jesus. I acknowledge that you are Lord and I am not. Moreover, I acknowledge that I have sinned. How could I deny it? I believe you came for me and died on the cross for my sins. And today, if never before today, today, this Christmas day, I admit my sin and I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart, take control of my life. I bend my knee, I bow my head. I acknowledge you're the Lord. And if you prayed a prayer like that, you want to talk to, I, I can tell you that right after the service, we've got some pastors. We'll be hanging around here. I know it's Christmas Day and kind of not all the volunteers are here like a normal Sunday. But if you need to tell somebody today, you could come tell one of us. Maybe somebody brought you today. Maybe there's somebody in your family that knows the Lord. Maybe you have a friend that's been praying for you. I would encourage you to tell somebody today. Confess it. I believe that Jesus is Lord. Tell them. Don't just believe it. Say it. Say it today. If you need to say it to somebody, we'll be here after the service. If there's somebody in your life, say it to them. Father, thank you for this Christmas day. Thank you for all that it means. Truly, it is a day of rejoicing. It is a day of rejoicing for a Savior has come, who is Christ the Lord. We rejoice. We love you. We worship you. Lord, we bend our knee, we bow our heads, and we confess with our tongues. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. We pray this in Jesus' name. Stand together. Let's sing this Christmas hymn before we're dismissed to the Lord's grace. Sing it strong. Oh, come let us adore. Oh, come let us Christmas Day. Bye.